Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Goodbye, University. Okay, here we are for our monthly master's group call. This is October 2017, and uh, I had a topic I really wanted to hear from you all on because I think there are some potential different approaches to this that would be worth sharing with each other so we can each make sure we're consciously engaging what serves us best. I got background noise somewhere. I'm going to start. I'm just going to randomly start finding. Oh, I think I might have got it. Um. Okay, what am I trying to do here? Oh, so I started my recording. Okay, I'm closing that. Someone let me know if I got to go back to my window. And and I know what I'm doing. Don't worry, everyone. I know what I'm doing. Okay, I got it. <laughs> okay. Let's hear a hello from those who are dialed in. I know Ming is here. I have to go for memory because I don't have my window open. <laughs> but yes, I know Ming hey. here. I am here. Yay. And Susan's Julie also Weiss dialed in. I am, as is Meg. Hey, Meg. And who else just chimed in? Illinois. Julie. It's Julie. Julie. Is that Julie? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yay. Yeah. Fabulous to hear you. Thanks for making you it tonight. Too. Thank you. And Tom is here. Tom's tuned in, too. Hello, Tom. Thanks for being here. Hello. I'd love for you guys to stay unmuted, if possible. Someone cue me when it's time for me to unmute Meg, please, because this is our topic tonight. <laughs> it's disaster preparation. I wondered if it's just in Utah that it seems like we get a lot of input about oh, uh, preparing for the worst. And I thought, you know, considering what's been happening around the globe, I bet it's not just Utah that has so much emphasis on how to be prepared for the worst. And it got me thinking about my own evacuation plan. I have eight animals. Is anyone else hearing an echo or is it just me? Yeah, we're hearing it. Should I try and manage it? Okay, hang on. I'm cool like that. I know what to do. So I don't need that. But i got to find my way back to my window. Ooh, so tricky. I'm being so fancy here today. Is it gone now? No, it's still here. All right, so... Uh, I'm just going to, we're going to keep talking until we hear my echo go away. That's not it, right? We still have an echo? Or is it gone? Not much. Yeah, it's still there. (laughs) Okay, I'm still going. Are we okay? Is it better now? Better now? Someone else say something? Much better. Okay, right on. All right. Meg, can I unmute you yet? I'm going to try. Meg, you are live. <laughs> are we good to go? I think we are. Okay. Ooh, little echo? Is it just me? Look at me being so picky. Okay. I have eight cats, you guys. I don't. What happened in California with fires? 
I don't have eight carriers. I bet I have like seven carriers. Maybe one of them's big enough for two. This isn't, when I have lots of people, friends, help around me, I never thought about this before. Being up here basically by myself. And I know that's not true because when our, oh my gosh, I still have an echo. Oh my gosh. It's just going to drive me a little crazy until I get it. Have I got it now? I got it now, right? Someone else has to talk or I can't tell. I think so. I think so. I hope so. I'm going to take a deep breath. Disaster prep. Disaster it makes prep. me tense. No, it's back. Just Dang beautiful. It. <laughs> I am. I'm going to do exact. It was Susan. Okay, I'm unmuting everyone else. Sorry, everyone. Okay, I got it now. Sorry. I started at the bottom of the list and went up. I should have started at the top and gone down. When when we had a flood here last year, strangers I didn't know, I was brand new in town, they came over to help. And so I know there's no such thing as really truly being alone, but it still kind of sort of made me think about some things, especially like meds, how much dog meds, cat meds do you have on hand, which cat food dog. I was just thinking the sort of things I don't normally think about. And I wondered, should I be thinking about these things? When I got here, my dad brought over water, like we do here in Utah. Maybe everyone else does it too. But do you guys store water? <laughs> okay. I, w I just thought, what is the LOA-friendly approach here? I thought, I wanted to pick your brains about it, but I also wanted to see what Abraham had to say and other LOA teachers so I'll share with you a little bit about what I heard from them, and then I want to ask you all. In fact, some of the questions that I was playing with on this subject, I was wondering, is it best to just blissfully ignore all the natural disasters that are happening around the world right now? Is is it just best to just la-la-la your way through it? That might be. Or is it wise to create a plan for what you do if it happens to you? I know the answer is what feels better to you, but I want to know how you all have found your way to what feels better to you. Because there's a thing about planning for it that I think it might have been Mike Dooley. I sure couldn't find a quote from Abraham, but I think Abraham has said it too, that don't plan for what you don't want to attract. Obviously, I'm not interested in attracting natural disaster, but I feel a little unprepared. I, I might have more resistance than if I just felt secure and confident that I would know what to do. I got a plan and we'd all be fine. So I, I did develop some thoughts through the course of this research, but let me share with you some of the quotes that I came up with on it. There was an Abraham video. I'm going to share this quote in the chat room because I can get there fast like this. It goes like this. Then like that, and then I got to remember I got to turn that thing down. I'm not supposed to be looking at that right now. I'm supposed to be looking at that. Okay. So Abraham had said, when you watch TV and see disasters, uh, you have thought. Your thoughts are detrimental to your well-being. There was a person in the hot seat saying, oh, when I see those thoughts, I have neutral thoughts. Abraham basically called bullshit saying, no, you're having detrimental thoughts to your well-being when you look at that stuff. So if we were you, we would work to align the idea of the safe universe that you live in. We would appreciate being here. And in that appreciation, you'll be inspired to be in the right place at the right time. And someone else had asked, I think this was in a 
maybe in the same video, are we attracting disaster by thinking about it? And their answer was, weather patterns are definitely influenced by your attention to the subject, but there are a lot of factors, past and present, they said. I was really curious about that. Um, and then they said we would decide where no if, – if we – this was a person who lived in Florida who was talking about hurricanes or something, and they said, look, if if – we lived there, and we decided we, were, we no longer wanted to live that drama, then we would move, period. Or if we stayed put, we would just choose to believe that we will be safe where we are, saying it doesn't matter what you do. It only matters that you find personal alignment. And so you can do that by improving your uh, probability of doing well by choosing smart structures and enjoying the sun while it shines and not worrying about the wind when it blows and know that when it's time to evacuate you will and you'll feel fine about it and in that vibrational alignment in that connection to source you will always be in the right place at the right time but they said you cannot make the decision you cannot make a right decision out of fear you have to make the decision out of well-being you have to expect well-being to be yours you have to line up with it on the subjects of hurricanes and cancer and money and tsunamis, whatever it is that might be bothering you, you have to find a way that if you're going to think about it, you have to find a way to line your energy up with it. And when you make that emotional journey again and again and again, then you are someone who lives in the vibration of well-being. And in fact, Abraham said, we would declare that well-being will follow me wherever I go. And people will be like, huh, it sure seems like wherever you go, there's well-being. And Abraham said, yes, I, you will respond, yes, I just got focused on well-being. I learned to focus in a way that felt better all the time. I'm always reaching for the best feeling thought I can find from wherever I am. And in the two weeks I've been practicing it, I got pretty good at it. <laughs> I love that little ending. It doesn't take a long time to tune in here. It just takes the willingness to practice it. So... Along those lines, it got me to thinking that the best way to prepare for potential disaster probably is just get happy, tune into appreciation, practice your enjoyment of life, and maybe some allowing, believe in your well-being and affirm that regularly. That's probably the best way to prepare for everything, let alone potential disasters. And I thought, for in my case... It's worth asking myself, am I planning for trouble or am I planning for success? And that makes all the difference in the world. I had a very clear answer when I tuned in that way. Anyone else having weird stuff on the line? Mm-hmm. Is it just me? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I don't like it either. Let's see what I could do about it. Everyone's muting themselves now. <laughs> Sorry, everyone. <laughs> All right, uh, Susan's given me a tip where I can find that. All right, so um, that leaves <laughs> just me and Julie to chime in tonight. <laughs> uh, I need to tell Anna in. She says she can't hear. She's trying to stream, so I'm inviting her to to tune in. Oh, Kendall's unmuted. Good, Kendall. Do you have some thoughts for us tonight on this subject? Um, yeah, I have a couple different things. Um, uh, but the first one, it's interesting because uh, I've been um, needing to do some paperwork with uh, take care of my mom. It's kind of it's not a natural disaster, but it's 
um, like the idea, like if anything happened to my mom, you know, being able to have, you know, be authorized to take care of things. And I haven't wanted to do those things um, because I feel like, oh, I'd be drawing it to me if I did it. It was, but I a week or so ago I had this idea about maybe if I did it, then I could get it cleared out of my head and it would be gone. Um, you know, like it wouldn't be. It's like in some ways I was being resistant to it, and that was, you know, um, and so that when I had the idea that actually if I went ahead and did it, gotten taken care of, then I then it would it would be cleared out and I wouldn't have any resistance and therefore not the vibe vibe going which mm-hmm. could draw it to me, um, which I think somewhat applies here. So um, totally. Because uh, I can think about you're getting your like you had only having six cat carriers. Well, if you had seven, put them in your garage or whatever, and it never even you, then you never even had to think about it ever again. Right. You know, every time a, a disaster happened or something. So, um, so yeah, that that was only that was one of the first things I thought. So, well, I mm-hmm. love Kendall how it, in your experience, what you found was that not doing it was creating or maybe inviting more resistance than just addressing it. And yeah. I think that's why. This is so important for us to examine personally because we might each come to a different conclusion, but feeling out, okay, where's the resistance, where's the fear, where's the anxiety, and what's the best way to release that, that it may be a different thing potentially for each of us. But, yes, that situation of paperwork with your mom in case yeah, she's not able – yeah, that makes it – that it's a, it's a really good – corollary to what we're talking about tonight how to handle the unwanted do we plan for it or do we just assume it will never touch us we'll be fine and um, even if it does come to town we're still going to be fine because we have such a good vibration and i am a big fan of considering happiness and appreciation as insurance policy against the sort of unwanted stuff that you know we might otherwise we know other people might take Insurance, even just having insurance is kind of another example of this, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Just uh, and Jeanette, one other thing I ha I, I made like kind of like I thought if I lived in a hurricane zone or in the wildfire zone or something, well, how would I handle that? Because I I don't really live in an area prone to natural disasters. Um, and one of the first things I had on the top of my list was this idea that anytime I prepare for anything, like if they say, oh, we're going to have stormy weather or something, anytime I do anything to prepare for it, never happens, never ever ever happens. Um, and 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 so I had this kind of funny thing of like saying, well, if I had to prepare for something like that, I would do it kind of with this vibe of like, you know, I'm actually probably warding it, <laughs> warding it away. It's never going to happen, you know, and so do it right. kind of with that lightheartedness kind of thing with it. So it wasn't out of, you know, trying to, to say, you know, you might have to have to do some of this stuff. Like you might need to get seven cat care or, you know, whatever. If you're in a hurricane mm-hmm. zone, you might, you know, um, but if you did that, you could do it in a way that wasn't like, you know, um, I don't know. That's just, that was like one of the first things I thought too. So, mm-hmm. Well, I, I can certainly appreciate how the the calm or the peace, the reassurance, the confidence that comes from knowing that we would know what to do. I can understand why that would be a path of lesser resistance, but I can also understand someone's argument, an LOA teacher who says, if you don't want it, don't plan for it. But what we're really planning for is we're planning for a smooth experience of it. I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's the exact same thing. I don't know. Who, who else has thoughts on this? 
It is it is all how you feel about it. I mean, for me, I lived in earthquake country for a long time, and I experienced my first earthquake when I moved to Southern California. Let me tell you, it wasn't too fun. But um, when I got animals, um, I did get the cat carrier. However, I kind of set the intention knowing if I get the cat carrier, I'm never going to have to use it. And I'm never going to, you know, and then I got a um, kind of big tent kind of thing for my yellow lab. So I had all these things, never used them. And um, did have a couple of earthquakes, but never was a problem. Never had any real, nothing, never, nothing ever happened when I got the animals. And then um, same with, I think, even when I do things for my health, like when my mom had to go to the ER and then she got the diabetes and I thought, hmm, kind of had the feeling I should probably go get my labs done just to make sure, you know, because I don't want anything, you know, and you know, I thought I'll be okay. And then I did, and and then it kind of said, well, Ming, it kind of, there's a little bit too much sugar there in your, and so I knew what to do. And I knew what it was, too. That was the thing. So, um, and so I made some changes there. But uh, I I think for me, it's just a matter of balance. And then, like Kendall was saying, as long, it made me feel better to do these things, whereas as opposed to, I know if I have the cat carrier, I know it's going to be fine. And then when my cat did transition, I had this brand new, you know, cat carrier, never been used. And I took all this stuff to the the, um, the kennels, the pound, and I donated all, and including when my yellow lab transitioned, I had all this stuff too. And just all this new stuff that I was able to, you know, pass over to somebody else. But um, I think for me, it's just really at, at feeling feeling better, feeling good, then I know I'm going to be okay no matter where I, where I am. Well, I, I I can sure see how that that confidence around it is exactly what makes you not a magnet for it because you're more relaxed. It isn't something mm-hmm. that you're having as much anxiety about, maybe not any. Uh, and I will say that you know my experience with that flood. I know there are some people who in or in like hurricane or tornado zones, flood zones where this happens regularly, and they just take it in stride. Like they don't even get that upset about it. They know the routine. They've survived it many times. They play it smart, but they also, you know, it, they aren't losing their minds about it. I could see how just even my own experience in managing that it last year's spring, I guess it was this year's flood, this spring, that, I kind of feel like I wouldn't be as nervous about it next time around because I kind of know the routine. I know what to do. I know what the resources are. I've got some things in place now that I didn't have before. And that probably um, in itself eases my vibration around it so I don't have as much resistance, which is less of a charge and less of an attractor. Yep. Uh, Jeanette, it's Susan. Thank you, Susan. Yeah. I, so I grew up in hurricane country in Florida, and and it's interesting. My brother still lives there, and we have sort of the same mentality that we had as kids, which was this was an adventure, and we would no more, you know, go out on the sailboat without the sail than we would go through the hurricane without bottled water mm-hmm. or or the bathtub filled up. And so that's sort of the same thing, you know, when we, where I live now, we had 
24 inches of snow in 24 hours, I just said, okay, you know, how how do I make this an adventure? How is this fun? And, you know, how where where are my – so I had to go unearth my um, ski pants my snow pants and my ski jacket um, when the the heat went out to be able to just say, you know, this is fun. I'm having a good time and just sort of do it. So it's the kind of mix of having what I need so that I can have fun. I like that. I like that, getting really conscious about what setup is required in order for me to enjoy myself. Right, right. So if seven cat carriers are what's needed for you and the cats to have a good time, then you have seven cat carriers. Did you all see the the Facebook post of the girl who left the California fires with the 70, her 70-pound 70 dog in a duffel bag on her yes. bike? Yes, I read it. I don't know if I could carry a 70-pound dog. I had to rethink my love of big dogs because <laughs> I don't know if I could do that. I don't know. Um, that seemed pretty she heavy. Would, she just took him and she just left. I mean, you I know. that's adrenaline. Is that adrenaline? Yeah. Picking in like mom yeah. picking cars up right. off their toddlers. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yes. Same thing. Yes. Ay, ay, ay. You know, um, I was a, a special security uh, person for a public figure for a really long time and um, used to work with whole teams of security people that had to do with putting on events or doing the personal protection for this person. And um, one of the things I learned over those years, and it was a repeated a lot amongst the more, you know, the people that really knew how to do security was that it's impossible to prepare for every eventuality. And... And so what they used to say was, you know, you prepare for as many of them as, you know, you can imagine without it becoming um, weird, you know, for for you or for the for your client. And in the ma- and the main thing was you've got to just be in a good place inside yourself where you're flexible. And that comes back to the law of attraction again. Mm-hmm. You know, just like everything you're saying, everything people are saying, just be yeah, just being in that place. I mean, I was a prepper too for a while, and my wife and I expected everything to have pretty much ended by now and um didn't happen that way but we had we were setting aside you know like all these containers of food and tons of water and and we, i still have in my garage these are these two these kits these kits that you take with you in your car they're all ready to go that you just immediately put them in the car with the tent and all the different things and you head for the mountains and um but it became much more of a vibration that i didn't want to be a part of over time, so now I have practically nothing ready to go. I mean, that stuff is still there, but I'm really not prepared food-wise, you know. Um, mm-hmm. yeah. And energetically, it's just, I, I'm i much more into staying and cooperating with my neighbors than I am anything else. They They did these studies that found that in tons of world disasters, and even when there was fascism and things going on with military or you know, gangs of thugs, you know, doing nasty things, that that the statistics prove that most people pulled together in those times and they didn't fragment. You know, even in times of when people were getting killed by each other, they didn't fragment, they pulled together. 
And so that became my biggest thing was like people are going to pull together in any kind of a disaster. So I'll prepare as much as I can that it feels comfortable. But then after that, it's just enjoy, enjoy life, you know. Well, Tom, when I hear that from you, what I'm hearing is it sounds like what Abraham says is enjoy your life. Yeah, trust in your well-being. And if there comes a time when you get a strong impulse to leave town, follow it. <laughs> or, you know, yeah. honor whatever whatever guidance says. You'll be able to trust that when we're aligned with source, which we're doing by practicing trust and well-being. Yeah. And it's really funny because as we watch national events or international events, it's a it's a hyper it, to me it's almost like maybe it's really unhealthy in the sense that really all, all that's in front of me is what's happening locally. And if I didn't mm. turn on the TV or the radio, I wouldn't even be in that hyper vigilant state that I am by watching hurricanes and wildfires mm-hmm. and and all this stuff. Landslides. So yeah. you know maybe I should just focus on more of what's going on in my local community. I don't know. Well, one of my favorite energy workers, actually, the person who, one of the earliest energy workers I ever worked with was, she said once, that sounded kind of crazy, but but I really appreciate this perspective now. When she said, she started to say, how do we, but then she changed it to, how do I know there's a war happening on the other end of the world? She says, I don't know. Maybe it's true. Maybe it's not. I don't know. Her point being, it wasn't part of her experience. So mm-hmm. how does she know that's really happening? And why would we want to if it's not something that we don't have intimate, direct experience with? I, I really appreciated, I didn't in the red hot moment, but later on I appreciated that perspective of being willing to question what's really going on out there. Not just because <laughs> some of what's reported is worth questioning, but... um but our attention to it probably isn't helping. I will say this. In one of the Abraham videos that I watched, someone was asking, how do we reconcile, how do we make peace with, you know, so many people? This was like a 2012 video. It was so many people had died in another country in a natural disaster. And Abraham said, you know, you talk about it like death is a bad thing. We all know this theoretically, but, but boy, to really get it. They said this is the ultimate closing the gap. And but and the guy's like, yeah, but what about their suffering? And they said, you, you're overestimating their suffering. You don't really know what they're experiencing. It happens very quickly, and to be returned in that powerful way to source, it's a it's a huge celebration. This is death is not the bad thing that you think it is. And we we know we hear that from them all the time. But what they also said was that um, based on the way people focus and the way that we do that in communities, that. And because most people are just vibrating what they observe, they have, they're practicing no conscious focusing practices at all. A lot of people tend to vibrate similarly. And sometimes when they have a strong call for something better, that's the, that's the path of least resistance to get there. Like mm-hmm. there's nothing gone wrong here. Stop assuming that this is this big tragedy. I know it's one thing to think that, and it's another to really, truly be able to embrace it. But I think that's probably worth mentioning when we're look, when we're talking about some of these subjects. It certainly doesn't apply to all of them. But someone else was chiming in at the same time. Tom was. Who was that? Thought I had heard someone else trying to make a contribution. 
was my imagination. So I'm curious to hear, uh, anyone here have food storage? In Utah, the LDS headquarters of the world, most people do. In fact, I've often said, as long as, like Tom's theory, as long as I could stay friends with my neighbors, I'm covered. <laughs> because pretty much everyone has like a year's worth of food in their pantry. Um, we're known for it here. I don't personally do that, but it seems like everyone around me does. So, Why do they? It's I don't actually know the answer to that question. I don't actually know. It's some, it's some, it's, it's religious based. I don't actually know the answer. Does anyone it know? Came, it came from the time that they were threatened by the U.S. government so severely that the government wanted to wipe them out. And um, they, they basically had to hide for a long time in, in the valleys of uh, the area around Salt Lake City and stuff. I mean, there was, there was a lot of hatred for Mormons. And so they realized when they fled west that, they wanted to set up their own autonomy and always be safe, you know. Wow. So I think that's where it came from. That's my understanding where it came from. You know. That makes sense. Thank you. Yeah. Has Has anyone had any recent personal experience with? I mean, it seems like some of these things have touched so many people, but that might just be because I'm paying too much attention to the news and Facebook. But does anyone have any recent personal experience with how you've managed a natural disaster? I know Cindy Chavez, she's one of our complimentary coaches at GVU. She's a couple of times now been on hurricane watch and um, and she has had some flooding issues. We were on a call not too long ago. Weren't we, Ming? Was it like a week or two ago where we asked, mm -hmm. what's everyone doing for the weekend? And she's like, oh, yes. getting ready to go do the routine. We got another storm. We were on storm watch again. And it seemed to me like she was taking it in stride pretty well. She was being smart. Um, mm -hmm. And she wasn't, like, letting fear run rampant. But she was also taking the sensible precautions that it sounded like most of her neighbors were doing as well. Yeah, and, it sounded like she had been through a lot of them. Yeah. So, yeah, it wasn't anything new for her, she said. I think you've got to be I strongly think, rooted to an area. I think I'm going to prepare I'm going to prepare more to uh, to leave quickly in the potential of a firestorm now because um a lot of the Native American prophecies that I've heard about, they say that there's going to be this huge increase in wind in this time and once wind and fire get together, it's pretty pretty uh, pretty bad. Well, I was feeling pretty well insulated up here, Tom, until fires. I mean, there's fires, especially yeah. with dry conditions. And yeah. I and I kind of feel like that's the muggle response. Like this is this is what happens when you pay too much attention to what's happening to other okay. people. But at the same time, it also um I don't I can't say I have a 100% feel good to just completely ignore it and assume that everything's always going to be fine. I'd at least like to be able to, I don't want to be one of those people who didn't know how to take our animals with her. Did you see the one guy who stayed behind with a water hose or something because he couldn't take his animals, so he was making, he made sure everyone lived with his hose? <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I only saw a tease of it. I didn't see the whole story. 
But no, I'd like to be able to get out of Dodge. If it's time to go, then let's go, but let's all go together. So I, I think I probably know what my answer is. And I, I know as a result of activating this subject that it, I would do well and I would invite you all to join me into just really immer- immersing, reveling, dwelling in the vibration of well-being. I really like that invitation from Abraham when they said, we would say, well-being will follow me wherever I go. Mm-hmm. And and really um, embracing that because that strikes me. Because you, you could plan for everything, but if your vibration is attracting it, it doesn't matter how, how good your plans are. Um, if your vibration is calling it forth, it's coming. Yep. Anyone have any other thoughts on this subject? One I know. thing. Oh, let's hear. This is Julie, and I know Ming discussed earthquakes, but I'm from the Midwest, and I've lived in California a little over four years. And so when I lay in bed and many earthquakes happen, I think, oh, this is great. I'm really good at surviving earthquakes. And so I pre-program my mind that these mini earthquakes are, I'm Mm. safe, I'm cared for, and my bed vibrates. So to the extent or in the event that anything big would happen, I've already pre-programmed myself to say that I'm good at this. And I don't want to take away from the Northridge earthquake in 94 and all the devastation, but I just keep telling myself I am great at these. And when I hear my lamp vibrate, when it shakes, it's a reminder that I'm really good at these. Oh, so Julie, I love that. In, um, I'm good at these. in California, we used to say whenever we'd have a little one, or you probably did too, it's like, oh, these little ones are good. This is a good thing. It's mm. good to have little ones because when we have little ones, that means there's not a big one coming. Mm. So every time there was a little one, we would be like, yes, Yay. this is good. This is good. <laughs> and everybody would say, this is good. This is a good thing. It's the earth just letting some steam off. All is well. So that's what we love would it. all say to each other. So that's good. But as soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, it is a good thing. (laughs) Yeah, and I'm great at riding these waves. Thank you. (laughs) I have to say that years ago, whenever I would run across a prophecy for, uh, you know, like things going to hell in a handbasket here, especially when it came to natural disasters, I used to think that's pretty far-fetched. And lately, our news kind of seems to look a lot more like it. <laughs> and I've wondered, are are they just really good at spotlighting all the problems? Because, you know, Abraham says all the time, for one thing going wrong that you see in the news, there are a bazillion things going right that you'll never hear about. But it really does kind of seem like a lot lately. And it has made me wonder, hmm. Are some, and, and Abraham's also, it seems to me, they always do a good job of steering away from any sort of apocalyptic talk they don't entertain those sorts of conversations whereas other channelers do not just entertain them but um others have different takes on it i don't know that that's a helpful point of conversation here i do know this that i wanted to make sure that we ended up our call tonight by sharing lots of oh i want to look in a really positive powerful um appreciative direction so we have really good things activated i don't want us to hang up from here going huh. i don't want, I, I, you know what i mean let's just sew this up and make sure that we're we're all walking away with that feeling of well-being and confidence and trust and happiness strongly activated anyone got any suggestions about the best way to do that well this is meg i have a couple stories sorry Ooh, i think meg. To pop on and off um one well my family mostly lived 
lived in the Midwest. Um, we're the first generation east of the Mississippi in about 150 years. So they're really, like most of my family is really well-versed with tornadoes. Um, and we have a story in our family. I think it was my great-grandmother. Like a tornado hit their house, and it left all the dining room chairs standing. So like each family member took one of the chairs, and they're like lucky chairs. Like no one had, <laughs> no one had issues with tornadoes based on these chairs. And then oh um, I know it makes you laugh though, like lucky chairs. Um, <laughs> but the other thing is, when you know, I live in in Carolina, and um, you know, earlier this year we we were looking like we might even have a hurricane, which we don't get that kind of action very often because um, it has to be pretty strong to come inland. So you know what I did? My friend posted the best idea. She goes, I need coffee. So she ordered a French press, and I was like, this is brilliant. So it got me off my butt because I hadn't decided if I was going to get a French press or not. I got a French press. I had a way to make hot water, and I had um, (laughs) a grinder. And let me tell you, like, I now make the best coffee because I have a French press. And I didn't need it for the disaster, but now I am set. (laughs) I love the idea of disaster prep upgrading your lifestyle. That's <laughs> really cool. So, I mean, that's my my disaster prep was I got a solar charger that charges my computer and my phone. Mm-hmm. And I got a like a bank battery because and it's actually proved to be really helpful um when I'm, you know, walking around in the day and my phone goes low. Um and then I have the um the French press. So, like, I'm set. <laughs> like, I'm good. If there's any, like, ice storms, tornadoes, hurricanes, I'm good. <laughs> I, can, I can make coffee and I can call people. So. Lots of vibration I'm looking forward to. Be able to laugh about the subject of disaster preparation. Thank you, Meg. You know, Meg, that reminds me of um, when I was in L.A., we were getting ready for earthquake stuff. And, you know, they say you're supposed to buy all this canned food and all this stuff, right? So we had all that. And then Candy was with me one day, and she's like, you know, we don't eat this crap now. Why would we eat it then? And I'm like, you know what? You're right. You're right. So if we're going to buy something that, we're, you know, we're in an earthquake, we're going to buy something that we're actually going to eat. And <laughs> and you reminded me that with your French press because it was like, yeah, we're not going to eat all this canned crap stuff anyway, you know. So. <laughs> I have a funny well, story about that. I, I had I had these all these canisters full of food at my divorce seven years ago, and I decided to take them all because I was really mad at my wife. So I took all the disaster food, and I've been slowly eating it. And um, now I'm opening up some of the canisters, and, like, I got pecans from 2009, you know. And it's like – and it says – on you know, and so I looked up on the Internet. It said, don't eat pecans you know, beyond a couple of years old, you know, so I'm thinking I'm going to, I'm going to roast them and take them to Thanksgiving to all the Thanksgiving events. I go, <laughs> no, I, I, I wouldn't do that. <laughs> but you know, the biggest, the biggest thing that helps me with all this is when I fight, cause I was a prepper. I was sure I was so terrified of all this stuff, global climate change. And I really realized that it was my fear of death that was behind a lot of it. And mm-hmm. once I realized that dying was no big deal, thanks to Abraham, I just like, I, I always weigh that against any concern about getting prepared for anything. I just go, well, let's see how bad it would be to, to die today, you know? And it's like, generally, it, it feels pretty okay. And I don't, it <gasps> I feels better it. than, 
it feels better than going out and filling up 10, 10 more containers with food, you know. Oh, my gosh. I mean, gosh. I, I keep a few, big, a few big cans of beans around and stuff, but that's about it now, you know. You and know, the other thing is all the prophecies that say that, that right now is the most incredible rebirth of the planet Earth, and we're going to go into a time of a level of love on this planet that we have not even ever seen before, and and that these these things that are happening now are just they're sort of like what's happening to the to the moth, I mean, the caterpillar in the cocoon or something. I mean, we're we're going through a, a metabolic process, but the planet itself is incredibly resilient and may indeed have a life so so beautiful that if we can relax about the changes and mm-hmm. put our energy into law of attraction, into like what do we want, what's the, how would we like it to be on this planet for everyone, for animals, plants, people, that we will be connected to that vibration that is actually the one that's in control. You know, it's the vibration of good. You know, good actually is the thing that runs the universe. And so that's, mm-hmm. that's how I like to look at it. I also think gratitude is really key here. Just being able to decide, well, I'll either put up cans or I won't put up cans to have the luxury of that decision that I could have food in the pantry that I don't need to eat today because Mm -hmm. I have other food to do. I gotcha. Do it. I gotcha. the other thing that could also activate abundance too. I was right, mm-hmm. exactly. Um, and as uh, Tom was talking, the it also made me remember that if we, if it's all a celebration, if a hurricane is the Earth rebalancing itself, uh, uh, then we can celebrate that rather than be afraid of it. Hmm. Boy, yeah, because there's, really... there's a bottom line belief that a lot of people have that we we screwed up as humans. We mm-hmm. we caused this, and now we're mm-hmm. going to pay the price. And Mother Earth is mad at us. Mm-hmm. And it's like I don't buy that. You know, I used mm-hmm. to, but now I go, wait a minute, it's the opposite. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we never did anything wrong. We're just like been a little bit ignorant about some things, but that might not even be what's happening. And so, if we are going to go through a big metamorphosis. I just want to be in the best place possible inside myself. Mm-hmm. Ooh, nice. You know, in that Abraham video, the series that I watched, there was one time where they were equating death with the idea of imagine that, you know, there was this really great movie and you invited your friend to come watch it with you and you were all watching this movie and, and at the beginning of it, your friend said, ah, screw this, I don't like this movie and got up and left and and then you would go hold a funeral for him. <laughs> I'd never heard them say that before. Like that's that's how screwy your ideas about death are. If someone was like, "Oh, I thought this was going to be different. I don't actually want to be part of this," and they leave, and you get all upset about it, like something terrible has happened. They just weren't down with this version of the movie, and uh, there's nothing gone wrong with that. You wouldn't want to make them stay at a movie they didn't want to watch. Yeah, that's great. And you, Tom, another thing you said about about death not too long ago, I was I just had a string of amazing days, like the third one in a row. I was like, oh my god, I'm living my dream come true life. And it occurred to me that the thought came to me. I didn't consciously think this, but the thought came to me like, 
you could take me now, Lord. I'm satisfied. I got it. I got what I wanted. And um, that's the first time I've really had a thought where I'm like, I'd totally be at peace. If this is all my life ever was, if it ended now, I'm good. And Mm -hmm. that that idea of, um, that feels like, I don't know, it's not completion as much as it is like satisfaction and well-being that, you know, which is a little unusual for me because I'm a striver, but uh, I I can appreciate the thoughts that you shared about just being willing to embrace death because uh, it just feels so satisfied, so satisfying already. There's nothing left that feels like I didn't get to do. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. All right. They say that, that the re- that the reason people die is because they lose the urge to continue to be creative, to continue to make decisions. That's what Abraham was saying. You know, yeah. they 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 don't want to be leading the parade anymore. They start to step back in the parade, and before long, they're gone because they're not excited about being here. You know, which is why it seems to me like appreciation is such a powerful thing to engage on a regular basis for ensuring a happy, long, enjoyable life. But that's what I'd love for us to wrap up with tonight. Let's share each other's tips on or share our tips with each other on your favorite ways to tap into well-being. Since that was such a key theme in Abraham's advice for how to navigate these sorts of changes on planet Earth, who's got some ideas about how you activate that vibration yourself personally? Well, this is Kendall. I'll jump in. Um, one of Thank the uh, I made a list of some things today, preparing for to talk. And one of the things I thought is what I always one of the things I do, especially if I start to feel like I'm uh, getting out of sorts, I ask my, myself the question, "What do I know? What do I know?" And it reminds me to kind of come back and say, "I know that I'm source energy. I know I'm the creator of my own reality. You know, I'm a creator." And so, just asking myself that question of "What do I know?" and and um, that kind of gets the always always immediately just um, uh, kind of gets me back uh, aligned. Them. That's a great tip. Thank you. Really, really like that one. You mm-hmm. got any others for us? No. <laughs> oh. <laughs> well, that one I like. It's like if you got a list, I want to hear more. <laughs> well, it was more of a list of more of a list of like how to prepare for a disaster. I think. Is what well, I'm actually interested in that one as well. Like, yeah, if there's something I should be doing that I'm not doing, someone please tell me. Um. <laughs> Okay, cool. So who else has got a tip for activating well-being? Um, This is Meg. Thanks, Meg. Um, Well, obviously you can tell from my stories earlier, it really is finding humor. Mm. Um, Like for me, like, you know, uh, and I think this is just something, this has been a technique I've used since I was a kid, is like when things just are, pardon my language, shit shows sideways, Mm-hmm. Um, humor, like there's always humor to be found, even if it's just like everything's a disaster and I am still standing, and that is a miracle in and of itself. Because <laughs> if anyone else was in this place, they would have they would have taken off a long time ago. Um, I and it's really, that. I think humor for me is is like the one thing um, that really is my go-to. And and I think you know my two cats are just they really have big 
personalities, and, and Ming will tell you they are hilarious. <laughs> they are. <laughs> well, it's funny you mentioned cats, because I was thinking cats as a way for me to tap well-being, not so much humor, but I like that you could potentially get both from yours, Meg. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, they've got big personalities. So, I mean, yeah, and, and being around my, my animals, I think, is really the other way of doing it. So those mm-hmm. are my two tips. Thank you. Good tips. Mine would be taking it too seriously. Yes, Tom. My, to get out in nature and and let it envelop me and let mm-hmm. you know so that I like I just spent the whole day um, the day before up in the mountains and then all day today at a pond and it's just like just so beautiful that there's just no way that I can do anything to feel good, you know. And then just bring that back to my house and continue to do segment and tending and you know I read Abraham I listen. I read the Council of Radiant Light. I mean, all these things that just say that I'm an infinite being and that all I'm doing is ascending. You know, it's just it's just a constant ascension into more and more good stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, just stay in that place as much as I possibly can and, re- and just realize I'm the expanding universe. I'm the leading edge of the expanding universe. You know, this is, a, this is outrageous, you know. <laughs> I love it. I kind of had that experience yesterday. It was a gorgeous day and warmer than you would expect in October in the mountains. And I just couldn't – I'd done a ton of yard work. There was really no more excuse for me to be out in the yard instead of working. But even without an excuse, I just sat out there, and then pretty soon I laid on the lawn, and the cats laid on me, and the dogs rolled <laughs> on my head. And, and I and – I, and I, it felt like a, a a nature meditation, kind of like that. It, I could see how well-being was really um, was easy to tap just by being close to nature. That's that's funny that we would. It's funny that nature not feeling so safe was the inspiration for tonight's discussion. But that the way to tap well-being. As our insurance policy against any trouble could also be nature. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. Thanks, Tom. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you got a tip? Yeah. I mean, that's what. I, well, for well-being, I like to just tune into whatever gives me joy, whatever makes me laugh, like Meg said, and whatever makes me happy, what makes me smile. You know, even if you know, just just uh, even last night with all this you know, wonkiness that was going on. I just had to look at something and sometimes it is looking at my corgi. She just makes me laugh or she'll do something that's funny or, you know, or she'll just look at me or, you know, and so, um, yeah, it is, it is interesting that it would be nature too, but yeah, whatever I can tap into just makes me just smile. You know, Mm -hmm. if I can get just a smile about something that, that gets me really into feeling good and feeling like all is well. That's, that's similar to mind Ming is um, just turn just deciding to appreciate to look around and tally what's going right can activate my sense of well-being because otherwise it's easy to feel like oh what oh I got so mad last night I got so mad when Molly peed on the carpet I knew they needed a potty break but the feral cat was eating outside and I didn't want them to scare the cat away so I was waiting for the cat to finish and I waited too long Molly peed on the rug. And it was it was the first urine after my thousand dollar carpet cleaning thing a couple months ago, and and I was like, really, you're getting this upset over some dog pee? If that's your biggest problem, girlfriend, you're doing pretty freaking good. (laughs) (laughs) 
I'm laughing at myself, Meg. Yay, laughter. Yay, humor, even if I'm my own source of it. Mm-hmm. Let's hear from Julie. Would you got any tips for tapping well-being? I love going out in nature, as a few people have said, going for walks. And I live by a marina, and there's sea lions that bark. Mm-hmm. And so just really reconnecting with that feeling of nature, even though I live in urban Los Angeles, I can choose to focus on the water and the sea lions that are playful. So I echo the peeps that I've already mentioned about going outside. Right on. And I live somewhat near the ocean, but I look out on the marina, and so I can hear those sea lions barking and remember that it's all playful fun. I would love that. That would work so well for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Anna's in chat room saying, good wine. <laughs> Nature, peasant, good wine. I like that tip too, Anna. Uh, oh, wow. Anna's also saying in chat room, this is Anne-Marie, I cleaned up dog poop this morning from my rug and remembered when you said after your dog passed, I wish I had that problem with her today. Oh, you're going to make me cry. Yep. She was grateful for the poop. Yep. Um, Susan, have we heard from you? Well-being tips? No, because I was—I had muted myself. Um, these tips so far are great, and appreciation and gratitude. Um, the the magnanimity of saying um, I'm abundant. My life is abundant. And my world is full. So whatever's occurring is only in service to my mm. joy. Mm. Mm. Wow. That kind of reminds me of, oh, yeah, when I was flooding, I said, wait a minute. When I was kind of getting freaked out, I was like, wait a minute. If it's happening to me, it must be good because only good things happen to me. And it seemed like a ridiculous thought at the time as I'm, it, was, it seemed really ridiculous. But later on, I found out I was one of the lucky ones because I didn't totally flood. I just barely got a little bit of water in the basement. Huh, that's a good tip. Thank you, Susan. Thank you, thank you. Uh, Amina, I know you haven't been here for the whole call, but you got any tips for how to activate well-being? Hi, yeah, I I got 7 p.m. stuck in my head and forgot that that's 6 p.m. for me. So I'm glad I got to jump on for a little bit of it. Um, I love all the ones people said going for a walk in nature, all of that. And then I think for me, like in in my whole miracles kind of thing, is, you know, what is the miracle in this prayer, anything to do with kind of turning it around and um, knowing it's going to, it's like all serving me, even if I can't quite see the service connection right in that moment. So I like to say, what is the miracle in this? Mm-hmm. You know, I like that, Amina, because, I mean, we we know enough about contrast to know that one way or another, only good things are coming from it. Whether we experience it in this lifetime or at the end of it, <laughs> we will benefit from it. But that's um, that's a good reminder about how there's nothing gone wrong here. That, that right. Helps it's a, it's a loving, caring universe. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, great tip. Thank you. So I don't think Anne-Marie is dialed in, but 
in chat room. She says, she says, I want to share with the group the Think Up app I told you about on our last call. You can record affirmations in your own voice, as many as you want. There are suggested ones, or you can create your own. Many different options, a lifelong subscription for just $12.99. I've been doing this every day for the last week, and has she's noticed a big difference in her day. I've heard about the power of affirmations in your own voice, and I have never practiced it. So thanks for that app tip, Anne-Marie. It's the Think Up app. Does anyone else here use it? It might be fun to play with. If anyone else does. How do you um, spell that, Jeanette? Uh, T-H-I-N-K-U-P, as in okay, Paul. Think Up. Think up. Cool. Mm-hmm. Right on. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for being willing to entertain this, what might have seemed a less than super fun subject tonight. But uh, I feel better for having discussed it with you all. I really was curious to hear what my fellow master creators were practicing along these lines. So um, much appreciated. And if anyone has anything else to add as you're listening to this recording, I will go start a thread in our master's forum for this subject. And if anyone thinks of anything else you think I should be doing, uh, I am all ears. <laughs> so <laughs> thanks, everyone, for chiming in tonight, and we will see you on the next call. Thanks, you, Jeanette. Thanks, Bye. everyone. Bye. Bye-bye. Thanks. Bye. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere, and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.